The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting. And it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvelous stuff, marvelous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with The Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere podcasts can be, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. After some technical difficulties here, um, I can say that um, this is the Politocrat podcast and it is Thursday and it is May the 14th. 2020. And with me today is Dr. Janet Lord. She is at the in the University of Birmingham and is the Director of Information and Aging. And uh, I wanted to ask her a few questions. And thank you very much for being here today. Dr. Janet Lord, Professor Lord, how are you today? Yeah, no problem. I'm fine. Lovely, lovely. Thank you so much for being here. So obviously, um, one of the things that we are learning about this virus is it is taking a lot of the elderly population in care homes and in, in all kinds of places. And one of the things I understand is that you have done a lot of extensive research about immunity in older people. Can you talk a little bit about your research and what you're finding, what you've come up with, please, Professor Lord? Yes, yeah, that's correct. So what we've been doing is looking um, in the older adult, um, first of all, in the healthy older adult, just to look at how their immune system responds to vaccines and also to infections. And what we find uh, when we look at the immune system is that there are two parts to your immune system. The first bit is called the innate part. And think of that as your frontline troops against infections. They just react the same way every time. Not the smartest of the immune cells, but you've got lots of them. Um, and basically, they don't function as well. They're not very good at finding the infection in the first place. And when they find the infection, whether it's a virus or a bacteria, they're not very good at killing either. So you've got that problem. And then on top of that, there's a second part of the immune system. It's called the adaptive immune system, and it's the smart bit of the immune system. So this is the one that develops a memory. So when it's seen an infection, if it sees it again, it reacts much quicker and much more specifically, think of it as rather like the special army squads. They, they, you know, they get the right bullets or whatever they need to fight that particular infection. Um, so you need the two things. And in the older adult, unfortunately, their adaptive immune system also um, doesn't work too well. The problem is that when you meet a new virus like um, the SARS-CoV-2, the coronavirus that we're all troubling with at the moment, you need new cells, new immune cells to do that. They're called T cells and they develop in a, an organ called the thymus. It sits just on top of your heart and that's why they're called T cells. Unfortunately, your thymus starts to shrink from about the age of 20. So that by the time you get to 65 or 70 year old, you've only got about 3% of it left. So the older adult has less of these new T cells to train up and fight the virus. 
So th- those are the two main issues. So your frontline troops are not very good at killing and not very good at finding the infection. And then the smart troops, you haven't got very many of them. So that's why the older adult is more susceptible. Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> that is really something. And that is something that I'm sure a lot of people had no awareness of. Um, to that end, uh, Professor Lord, what kinds of things have you been advocating? Because I know there's actually a video I saw recently that you'd put out, or at least it's been circulating the rounds, of, of, of you doing some exercises and telling people to exercise in a particular type of way. Is that, is that right? That's correct. So what my research has done is also to look, well, are all 70-year-olds alike? Have, have they all aged? Um, and so what I did was I did some work with 125 older adults who had stayed physically active all of their um, lives. They were keen cyclists, mad keen cyclists, cycling 100 to 150 kilometers a week, really keen. Um, And they were 55 to 80 years old. And what I found in those cyclists was actually most of their immune system hadn't aged. Their thymus hadn't shrunk. They had as many of these new T cells as a 20 year old. Yeah, amazing. And uh, interestingly, one of the things that we know also causes you to have more age-related diseases is that you have more inflammation in your body as you get older. Not in the cyclists. They didn't have that. So what I'm doing a lot of work on now is, is trying to understand why exercise is so good for the immune system. And one of the things is um, your skeletal muscle turns out to be a key enhancer of your immune system. So when muscle moves, it produces special hormones called myokines, which help your immune system to function better. So that's why these older adults doing lots of exercise have a better immune system. So what I've been doing is trying to get older adults um, to exercise and whatever they can do. So if they're already quite fit and healthy, try and get those 10,000 steps a day. But if they're a frail older adult who might be doing very little exercise and would struggle to do something, I always say just do something. So if you might only be doing one or 2,000 steps a day, basically in your apartment, moving around, just do a little bit more. Or follow those exercises I show in the video. They're not difficult. Even a frail older person can do them. But they will all get those muscles moving, get them producing myokines, helping the immune system. Wow. You know, what you've just said has instantly raised two questions. And uh, I know we are very uh, short on time. But one of the questions I wanted to ask you about, though, is... How about elderly people who may have a disability? Um, This is a very important question because there are a lot of elderly people who either may be very sedentary, and you've talked about this before, sedentary people, and also who may have an affliction or some kind of disability that makes mobility very, very challenging for them, perhaps even with the regimen that you are proposing or that you're advising people to do. So can you speak to that aspect or that concern? Yes, so that's a really good point. So uh, we have done um, research with older adults who are very frail, very limited mobility. 
And what we find is good for those people is to do what we call resistance exercise. So even if you might be perhaps even wheelchair bound, if you've got the use of your arms, you can use some of these resistance bands and just stretch them backwards and forwards. Um, and, And even that will help. Basically, any movement will help a person. But I always say to an old adult, even if they're frail and they don't move around much, even if you just stand. Oh, we seem to have a connection problem. Hello again. Hi. (laughs) I know we have a little bit of time. I know we got, I don't know what happened there. I think we had a bad connection or something. Um, yeah, I just froze. Yeah, I, I couldn't hear you either, and I'm sure you probably couldn't hear me either. Um, I was, uh, you were just getting to your answer, and I know we only have a, a maybe five minutes or less. Um, you, you were getting to your answer about what people who perhaps may have a disability or maybe wheel, wheelchair bound um, could yeah. do. Could you could you say that again, please? I'm sorry. So um, we've done work with very frail older adults who basically don't move around very much. Um, And what we can do with those people is just do some very simple resistance exercises. So if you can get hold of some resistance bands and just, you know, gently move them backwards and forwards with your arms. Or if you can move your legs, a very simple one is to wrap the band around your uh, two knees and just try and pull the knees apart that's a very easy one to do and even if the older adult um, can just stand up and hold on to their walking frame and just perhaps every hour stand up for say 10 minutes that helps as well because it it, uh, tenses the muscles uh, and again helps them Uh, so um, at, at work you know when I'm not not working at home Um, I actually have a standing desk, so I stand all day. So even just standing actually tenses and works your muscles. And for those interested in losing weight, you burn another 300 calories if you stand all day. Wow. How useful is that? Very useful indeed, Professor. One other quick question I have for you, and thank you so much, is about nutrition. Uh, now I know that you you do you're dealing more with musculoskeletal things and and really concrete immunity situations with the body with motion with limbs with with those things, but I wanted to ask you about nutrition because and I don't mean to sound simplistic at all here or anything like that or glib or flippant, but I just really wanted to ask you about whether or not good nutrition could go a long way toward helping someone who is uh, elderly. Um, eating some of the foods that are healthier, you know, if they can get access to that, if someone can access that for them, whether it's a good kind of, you know, wild fish or something or plant-based diets, how much of that would you ask a person to do? Because to me, I think the motion is obviously very important, but something like good eating or healthier eating to the extent that someone in that age category can get it, I think would not, not also help them, do you think? Uh- Yes, absolutely. Nutrition is the other side of the story. So, for example, one of the things that um, helps your immune system is having a healthy gut bacteria, the microbiota. Uh, And we know as we get older, unfortunately, there's a tendency for us to have um, a less diverse bacterial community in our gut. And unfortunately, some of the unhelpful bacteria can thrive there. And that's one of the things that can cause this inflammation. And we think, it's certainly been shown in animal studies, that this also causes your immune system to age because it's continuously challenging it. 
Um, so a good diet, and what I mean by a good diet is a varied diet. So it's good to have lots of fruit and vegetables um, and just really get variety in there. As you said, some protein from some fish and chicken, but, but variety is good. The other thing that we know is that um, if you have a lot of carbohydrate in your diet, like refined sugars, mm. um, chocolate, things like that, mm. unfortunately, they cause inflammation. Mm. So that's not good. So try and not do too much comfort eating with the cookies and things like that, particularly at the moment when we're in lockdown. It's very easy to do that. But, but put the cookie down and pick a banana up or an apple instead. Absolutely. The other thing for nutrition is there are certain uh, things that really help your immune system and your muscle. A good example is vitamin D. So vitamin D is made in your skin by sun shining on it. And unfortunately for the winter months, we don't get enough sun, so we don't make any vitamin D. Uh, we have another interruption, I'm afraid. Um Hello again. Um, yeah, hello. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Professor, I barely heard. You talked about vitamin D and sun and then yes. everything froze. Yeah. So, okay. Sorry. So, so the other thing that's really important for your immune system is vitamin D, and it also helps your muscle. Vitamin D is made in the skin when sunlight shines on it. Um, and so it's really important. And in the winter months, October to March, we don't make any vitamin D in our skin because there's not enough sunlight. So October to March, I always say take a vitamin D supplement, just one of these regular multivitamin supplements, and it will be fine. This time of the year, you can start to go out and get a little bit of sunlight on your skin and get some vitamin D. Uh, another thing that helps is zinc. Zinc's in lots of food. So it's in cereals and pulses. It's a little bit in red meat and fish. So again, if you've got that varied diet, you've probably got enough zinc. But we know zinc really helps your immune system to function. Um, and that's it. Those are the key things. So vitamin D, zinc, and a nice varied diet um, to keep your gut bacteria healthy. Wow. Professor Lord, I wish that there was more time. I know that it's very busy for you. Again, we had some technical problems and some yeah. of the issues on my end just to try to be able to speak to you today. Um, yeah. If, if there was any other questions that people wanted to ask you um, or just be, stay in contact with you, what would, you know, the social media or whatever that you may have, I know you're very, very busy, but is there any way people can get in touch with you or connect to your website? Or uh, could you tell... Uh, listeners what information they can access to try to get in touch with you or or the information of aging uh, the institute yeah so the the institute has has a website that talks about our research um so that's if you just you know put in um inflammation and aging uh, birmingham you'll find it um, I also have a centre called the Centre for Musculoskeletal Aging Research. So if you put it in www.cmar online, you'll find it. That's the best way. Thank you so much today, uh, Professor Janet Lord. You, of course, are the Director of Institute of Information and Aging. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your expertise and uh, be well and be safe. And the same to you. Thank you. Thank you. That was Professor Janet Lord of the, uh, she's the director of the Institute of Information and Aging in uh, the University of Birmingham in England.
Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. Thank you.